I'm Sinead O'Moore and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast. Every Mum the Podcast was created for one reason, to get honest about parenthood, about the realities, the joys, the surprises and the fears, the moments that form us and the ones we don't hear people talk enough about, which is why we are so proud to partner with Water Wipes as our sponsor for this season, as they share this mission with us and they're such an essential brand for every mum. As creators of the world's purest baby wipes containing just two ingredients, 99.9% water and just a drop of fruit extract, water wipes are purer than cotton wool and water and also the proud winners of three National Parenting Product Awards 2020, including Best Baby Wipes. During the early days as a parent, everything is uncertain, but choosing the right wipes shouldn't be a worry. With no artificial fragrance, soap, silicones or colours, Water wipes are suitable for sensitive newborn and even premature skin. Together, we are committed to providing more reassurance for parents with trusted products and this podcast, helping us to all take those important steps towards greater confidence while building a community of support for every mum. Before we get into this, we want to thank you for listening and for the incredible feedback we receive every day. We launched this show hoping it would make a difference. So when we received this note from a listener, it hit home how powerful these honest conversations can be. And we want to share it now with you here. Thank you for creating this podcast and putting your much needed content out there. When I had my son, I had such a traumatic birth experience that I felt like I was on the outside looking in at this life I knew nothing about. I listened to your podcast while I'm out walking with my little guy and yesterday I came across your vulnerability and mother episode with the navigation coach and I sat on a park bench in town and cried. I finally heard how I had been feeling, how my partner was feeling, and how I could possibly deal with it. She spoke of one woman entering the hospital and another leaving. That hit me so hard because I felt that way, but could never have described it as well as her. It led me to sit with my partner, like she did, and we cried. But it's totally cleared the air for us, and I could never thank you enough for the honest and supportive atmosphere that your podcast creates. Even if it's one mum's life you've impacted, then you're doing an amazing job. Motherhood is not what I thought it would be. I've had more lows than good in my own recovery, but using the advice and experiences from your podcast as tools to grow has made a huge impact on my life in the past few months. Thank you from me and all the other mums out there who have found hope through your show that felt like a blunt and honest conversation that you really want to have but could never find the words. This feedback hit us so hard. Um, I can honestly say we were so, on one hand, happy to have received it. um, And also it brings home what people are really going through. So we promise to bring you more real conversations. Like this one now. We asked you to suggest the guests that you'd love to hear. And one woman in particular was incredibly popular, Sheila Shoaga. Now a mum to two-year-old Cahill, Sheila is an incredible woman whose life, like us all, has seen challenge, illness, redirection and rebuilding. Having worked in Irish TV and media for several years, she is a familiar face to us. But behind the screen, she is a woman who is embracing the ethos of letting go, of recognising that no matter the challenge, that everything is just a phase, and that there is power in overcoming fear so that we can all lead a happier and more joyful life. Sheila Shoga, 
thank you so much for joining us on Every Mum the Podcast, especially since this is something that we asked our community on Instagram who they would like to hear as a guest. And uh, we had so many responses to say you and you kindly accepted. So the universe had our back in this and here you are today. Thank you for that. Well, my pleasure. And that is very, very flattering to hear, you know, Um God, I hope I don't let people down and you be like, why do we ask all. her to <laughs> no. come on the podcast? No, but you know, I I thought about that too, as in why what can we what can we learn from you? And why have you resonated so strongly with mothers and women in Ireland today? And usually these episodes are all about a specific experience of motherhood um, or a specific experience that has defined a person's life or style or belief system. And with you, the more I kind of got to know your past and your history, I'm like, I could build an episode here around this is a woman who has faced cancer. I could build an episode here around this is a woman who had the courage to recognise that she was not in the right relationship and chose to be single in her 30s. Yeah, yeah. I could, yeah. you know, and, and I know and, what you mean. I know and, what you're saying. And risk that maybe that you know motherhood wasn't going to be on the agenda. Yes. Yeah. I could build this around your experience of your miscarriage last year. There's so many avenues that we could build this sure. episode on. But actually, what I believe is so powerful when it comes to you is no matter what has been thrown at you, you seem to do the work, you you learn resilience. Yeah, I suppose, as you know as well, it's easier to kind of have conversations when you're out the other side of a situation. Yes. Yeah. When you're going through it or you're really in the thick of it, that's when I think it's batting down the hatches. Keep it simple, pair it back. You know, sometimes for me, it's simply becoming aware of my breath and going, you're okay, you're not losing your mind, mm-hmm. you know, just go easy. Because there have been times when putting on the kettle and having a cup of tea has been like climbing a mountain for me, you know. So I, I, I get it. I get that life is not always a bed of roses. And regardless of how, you know, how we perceive our own lives, all of us are faced with challenge. All of us have issues and problems and stuff that causes us pain. And and a lot of people are suffering, you know, a lot of women are suffering. And I think and I would like to think and if 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 by me speaking and being honest about stuff that's happened in my life, empower somebody else to get OK with saying, you know, what, I'm not doing brilliant. I think that is the greatest compliment anyone could ever pay me far greater than anything else, um, because really what's life about? You know, we're in this existence. We're living this life. And it's here to be enjoyed and relished and savoured. And I have so much to be thankful for. So I always do kind of focus on even when the shit hits the fan, as Mm. it were. And it's happened to me a good few times. Instead of playing the victim and feeling sorry for myself, I kind of try now a lot quicker to going to, right, what do I have to learn here? What is the lesson? And, And also seeing what... I have already because even when you have difficult things happen like and you've already kind of pointed out some some kind of um, bullet points there that mm. have happened to me as it were I still always have so much to be thankful for even within those situations but sometimes when you're in them it's hard to appreciate the good stuff um, and the biggest thing I've learned is that things are always in motion things are always moving so nothing is everything is temporary nothing is permanent mm. so you know when you're having the best day ever Enjoy it, celebrate it, really lean lean into it Mm. and don't be afraid to feel joy and don't hold yourself back from that because who knows what tomorrow will be. 
And the same goes for, you know, the other way around. If you're having a really awful day, you might actually have a great one, the following one, or a better one, or a less traumatic one. So everything is always in motion. Do you think that those lessons, those past experiences and how you have adapted your way of coping and your way of thinking, do you think that that has uh, positively impacted your transition into motherhood? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean... I suppose all the experiences that we that we go through definitely shape the people we become and we are and we're continually growing and developing and I'd like to think kind of fine tuning ourselves as the years roll on and becoming better versions of ourselves as we get older. Mm. Um, and maybe that that's kind of going against the grain of society. We celebrate youth and we, you know, but actually what we should be celebrating is wisdom and experience and, and uh, I suppose an openness to to realise that you're not perfect and that you want to be. I want to be better. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I know that the version of me right now is is not the finished article. Far from it. I know that I'm I'm deeply flawed and I, and I want to be a better person. I want to be, I want to be a better mom. I want to be um, kinder to myself. I want to be better in my relationship with my relationships with other people and friends and family. So, um, yeah, I, sorry, I kind of went off uh, no, no. a tangent there for you. But um, I suppose where I'm getting at is I think that from listening to our community and, and the, the the research that we do and, mm. you know, we we asked almost 4000 women last year how they were feeling in motherhood and 86 percent said they're happier. So they're absolutely happier in motherhood. OK, but the vast majority are overwhelmed, anxious, self-doubt, loss of identity. And there's this there's this. I suppose, conflict going on in women. For some, the transition from from woman to mother is so extreme um, and they don't necessarily have the tools yet to know how to manage that overwhelm and that stress. So I'm wondering from you, did you then, when Cahill was here, you had already learned some of the tools and experiences on how to take your breath, how to slow down? Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying and, and I definitely think, you know, so... For those who are listening who don't have a clue who I am, I, you know, I've been working in media for two decades and eight years ago I found out I had thyroid cancer and then I went on, I suppose, to, to study yoga in a big way afterwards because I, I found it such a benefit in my own life and I wanted to learn more about it. So through that, I suppose I, it was kind of like, you know, being given the best toolkit mm. to kind of deal with stuff. So I find now when I do go through stressful situations, I can now go, right, what do I know works? Well, okay, breathing, simple, just you don't have to sit down and on a yoga mat or doing that, but just like becoming aware of your breath in the moment can instantly, um, I suppose, just ground me and make mm. me feel a little bit less panicky. Uh, things like recognising what I have and being grateful, all those simple exercises, I suppose I learned and they're always handy to kind of draw on. In saying that, I think the transition from being woman mm. to mother I don't think there's any preparing for it. And even if you have been faced with challenge beforehand or not, it's still going to be radically transformative in every way, in the good and the bad and the bits in the middle, because it is it's it's so full on as an experience. Um, you know, I, 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 I've, I've spoken about this before, but I had like the dream birth experience mm. where, you know, I really focused on affirmations and and that worked for me, not saying it was easy. It wasn't. It was by far the hardest thing I've ever done on every level, but also the most rewarding. But then I kind of assumed 
that because I had, you know, the natural birth mm. that I'd be grand with breastfeeding and it nearly broke me. And I went through so many different emotions. I mean, it affected me physically, mentally and emotionally. I, I honestly thought I was losing my mind. Emotionally, I was a complete mess because I felt all those negative emotions of yeah. mammy guilt and what is wrong with me and why can't I do this and why is it not working? And then the physical exhaustion of it and, and the desire was there and I wanted to yeah. make it work and I really tried. And eventually for my own well-being and my the well-being of my baby and my partner and us as a family unit, I had to just stop. And look, I know every situation and every baby and every you know, every unique baby mother experience is different. And who knows if we're blessed with more kids, it might be a different experience. Mm. But I suppose my point is that even though I did learn kind of, the, you know, I was given like the well-being toolkit mm. through my yoga study. It's still when it happens to you when you're in it, you know, it, it a lot of stuff kind of goes out the window because you 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 slip into old behaviours and and you know, you start to feel so many different things emotionally, like when your emotions take over, reason goes out the window. You're in survival. You're in survival. Totally. I found I was just, what do I need to focus on right this second? Because that's all I have capacity for. Don't talk to me about what's going to happen in a few hours time because I'm like in. Yeah, I just need to cope and deal with what's happening right now. One step at a time. But that's really healthy. That's a great approach. But that came, it came later on. It, mm. it was a, it's probably from a sense of overwhelm. And I would have been quite a planner and I would have been a real kind of control. This is how the next seven years are going to plan out. Sure. And for me, the biggest, I suppose, lesson or shift from woman to mother was you're not in control of any of it. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have absolutely got to surrender. Totally. Yeah, completely. And whatever happens, happens and make good decisions in each moment as best you can. But that's all you can do. If that's all you've done in the day, you've done enough. Yeah, brilliant. And that's an amazing message. And it's something that I've been embracing the concept of surrender and letting Mm. go for years because I now see the value of it big time. Like, so I'm I'm big into it. Like, Mm. I mean, I'll I'll chant mantras about surrender and everything. So like I'm massively into it. Um, If ever I feel I'm resisting something, that I truly feel is beneficial for me. I know that that's fear based and I'm just like, you need to learn to let go and I'll go in and I'll do my process, be it a bit of meditation or whatever. So um, and yeah, and I mean, I suppose that's probably key to why. And I know and this is, you know, to all women who are listening to this, who didn't have the birth experience that they maybe hope for. I'm also very aware that somebody like me saying what I said can be very triggering. Of course. And and the last thing I would want to do is, is come across as smug or are, are anything other than I am entirely grateful and aware that I was very fortunate that whatever you believe in, you know, everything was in the right, worked the right way mm. for me. Carl was in the right position and and I was very fortunate and I was fully, and you talk about letting go and being okay with it, I was fully prepared to have a C-section. Yeah. If that's what, you know, was the, needed, was in, the, needed in, the moment. in the moment. Exactly. So I was I was completely open to everything. So I kind of like did the work and then I let go and I kind of mm-hmm. surrendered to, well, it's going to be because I'm not in control here. My baby's in control. And he and, and we knew we were having a little boy. He will decide how he comes into the world. And, 
you know, if it is going to be, you know, the natural birth, then that's what's going to happen. If it's going to be a C-section for his safety and mine, that's what will happen. And I, I think that was probably a, a, it chilled me out a lot yeah. and, and allowed me to just be OK with whatever was going to happen. Because um, I think if I got so entrenched and you know, people have their birth plan and I didn't do a birth plan, I mm. have very loose birth preferences. But they stated very clear things that I that I were important to me. But they weren't. They were half a page. It wasn't much. Uh, I kept it really simple because, you know, you can get yourself tied up in expectation or or the dream situation. And as and you the rigidity. S- yeah, exactly. And it's not a rig- it's not a rigid process. No, it's <laughs> nature. Exactly. And, na- and nature is is completely unpredictable. And and you know we we just have to we do have to uh, you know. I suppose if we're not okay with it and we're not okay with the concept of letting go, then we need to just really try and and do a bit of work on that. It's not easy, and it doesn't happen overnight. No, it's so d- and it's I, not easy. Yeah. Look, I I think I it was because of survival mode that I went into letting go a bit. Yeah, I absolutely fall into complex overwhelm. Since it's not something I can maintain very well sure. unless I make a huge effort. Um, But I think practices like yoga and especially in pregnancy, there's a lot of women that go and experience yoga for the first time in pregnancy. That's right. Yeah. And I think it's a really wonderful, precious time where you actually can surrender a bit because the hormones are just there to do their job. Your body is going to grow this baby. And I remember always feeling like. I'm just sitting here like on my laptop working and my body is building a spleen and I have no control over the fact that it's doing that. And I think that's a really wonderful time because you have to let go. Totally. You have to let go. You start to think about it, isn't it? Isn't it just? It's amazing. It's amazing. It's just amazing. Um, And what you said earlier as well, and that was part, I think, a huge part of me even realising, I suppose, becoming a mother because I had made, I'd really and truly made peace with the mm-hmm. fact that maybe being a, a, a mammy was not going to be in my life's plan. And that wasn't something I was cool with in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I was not OK with that idea because I always, you know, thought that, you know, I would be a mother. But I, ha- I had to get OK with maybe I'm not going to be. How did you get OK with that? A lot of work, a lot of work and a lot of surrender and a lot of letting mm-hmm. go and a lot of realising that we have no control over over our lives and I wasn't just going to have a baby for the sake of having a baby because I've seen it and every each to their own I mean each their own I fully respect everybody's path is their own but for me I have seen how challenging it is to um, be a parent and 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 rear a family and and I didn't want to do that on my own Mm. and I wanted to do it with somebody that I was really committed to and that I loved and that we were you know, a, a really good match. I wasn't prepared to settle because I had I had had my fair share of ups and downs in terms of relationships, and and I and I was fully prepared to be single, um, then to to settle. So it was refreshing. It made it made life a lot easier because I think when you're when you're vibrating on this want want desire all yeah. the time, the weird thing is it has the opposite effect on people. It pushes people away rather than draws them to you. Um, so you know. I found that when I got okay with whatever and just went with the this is where I'm at right mm. now, here and now in this moment um, in my life and who knows what's around the corner. When I just got okay with that, I opened myself up to so many possibilities rather than, you know, closing myself off because so often I think we, you know, we make our de- we make decisions out of fear, which 
is normal. It's the human condition and I still do myself. Mm. You know, fear is, is there to protect us and it's part and parcel of, of, um, of living. But I think big decisions in your life like your partner or mm. your, you know, your your desire to have a child can sometimes... I don't know. You just wonder the intention behind behind it. Is it right for your life? Uh, you know, is the right one for you? And I think we don't we don't maybe often enough ask ourselves mm. those questions of what do I really want? OK, but why? Why? Maybe why do I want it? Or what do I already have? And, you know, um, you know, what am I afraid of? But is fear fueling my decision? So all of those things, it's very it's very important to ask ourselves questions, you know. How did you feel then when you realised actually now you were pregnant and motherhood was going to be part yeah. of your world. Really pleasantly surprised. And once again, I would always say, and I've said it already, but I, I say, the because, say this because I talk about having had cancer as well. And I think when you deal with things like fertility, pregnancy, cancer, relationship breakdown, these topics can be very triggering for people listening. So please know that my intention is not to hurt anyone with my words, but I can only be truthful mm. for me. But for me... Um, I, I, we, we just basically said, look, like our, we're happy we're in this and um, will we will we see how we go. And we said, yeah, let's see how we go. Um, and I had been taking, because I'm a big believer in, in, in eating as well as I can and mm-hmm. taking the right supplements. So I knew that if we were to be lucky enough to get pregnant, that I was, I was doing the right stuff anyway for me. But we were very fortunate. We got pregnant very quickly. Um, so very lucky. Very, very Were lucky. you concerned given your experience with thyroid cancer? Yeah, well, I'd been told that, it, it, you know, it, I'd been told it's unlikely to mm. affect your fertility. But nonetheless, I suppose when you've had cancer and you've had treatment, you do, yeah, you li- you do mm. wonder a little bit, you know. You just don't know because I suppose as women, we spend so, so long and so many years avoiding pregnancy yeah. in, in in many cases. Where Telling your body not to do yeah. what it wants. And then you want it. You're like, come on yeah. now. <laughs> Fire ahead, fire it. So and and it's also very like confusing. Yeah, and also I'm forty. So I was what was I? Thirty eight? Was I thirty eight? Thirty seven or thirty eight? Conceiving? God, at least two now. Anyway, yeah. So um, so you know you, when you're that bit older as well, it, there's all these things you just don't know. No, you just don't know. So again, you were surrendering and saying, "Well, look, I'm going to get myself in the optimum position, yeah. health wise." And if it happens, if it happens, it happens. happens. And I had, I, you know, we'd had kind of conversations beforehand. What if it doesn't happen? Yeah. And, uh, you know, what are we prepared to do? And, you know, I've, I, I have in the past thought about, you know, would I adopt? You know, would that be a path for me? Um, so I was very open minded to I knew that in one way or another, I think I, I wanted to to be a mammy but however mm. that manifests and that the, the truth is it, it can happen in so many different ways for women Absolutely, you know as, as we know um, from surrogacy to IVF to adoption fostering whatever it is so um, I think it was it was, go- it was probably going to happen in one way or another but we were blessed we were so lucky and um, and, I, I, and I'm aware of how lucky we are you know mm. um, we have a healthy happy little man and, um, and and if we're destined to have more we will but I'm also at peace with the fact that who knows maybe mm. maybe maybe we won't and maybe that's our plan who knows I don't know How do you now approach because the other thing that is always a challenge for, for mothers um, today that we talk to is you know the identity and the career and trying to now be the best mother version of you and still cling on and pursue the passions that you had before. 
So in this industry that you're in, you have to just jump at opportunities um, and you don't necessarily have the same structure as other people. It's something that we spoke to Mairead Ronan about, about, yeah, yeah. you know, her getting that call when when Bonnie was only, you know, maybe 10 weeks old and saying, do you want to come on Dancing with the Stars? And her feeling like, I can't. And then she, you know, she actually thought about it and went, no, actually, maybe I can. Maybe I can. Yeah. How do you go through that kind of that conflict and overwhelm when it comes to you taking on things that Sheila wants to do instead of maybe Cahill's mom. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It's it, again, it's it's really layered, um, and there's lots of different elements to it. I'm lucky enough that I'm in a, a, the type of work I do. Like my bills, so basically I'm in my line of work, I have been hired and fired many times through mm-hmm. my career. I've had times when I've had money in the bank and I've had times when I haven't had a bean. And and that's been tough. But I think when you become a mother, you realise, you know, you want to provide the best you can on every level for your child. That's emotionally and, and mentally, but also provide in terms of food on the table and and all that kind of stuff. And then oftentimes that means you have to work. We're really lucky. I have a brilliant childminder. Would I be able to do it without her? Of course I wouldn't. Mm. She's an angel. And, um, you know, we, ha- we have to call a spade a spade. And I'm lucky enough that I can afford a childminder. Mm. So if I couldn't, would I be able to indulge in the work I'm doing? Would I be able to do it now? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. So, you know, you know, I just have to be real about that as well. I, I'm fortunate that I can explore my creativity because you know the bills get paid and I have a brilliant childminder Mm. in place and I know it's not so easy you know because I know those early days of trying to work from home with Cahill and I I, were days where I felt like I was losing my mind I just Mm. couldn't because you'd hope that he'd go down for a nap and Mm -hmm. he might just sleep 10-15 minutes and you're like oh I was trying to get back to emails and you get nothing done and you you know you feel like you're 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 losing your mind but that you're letting everyone down. Yeah, it's it's awful. It's awful. So like it's such a hard one to answer because I'm just aware of the different the different situations that women will be in listening to this now. Uh, and and there they, there could be a woman thinking, well, it's easier for her to say because she can afford a childminder. I can't afford a childminder and yet I want to explore my creativity. Mm. I want to do it and I feel like I'm losing myself. And that's where it, it's that's modern life. And it's very hard. It's very hard to know what is right to do when you're in a position where you're a working mom, you're juggling. Then I suppose you have the other stuff like the mammy guilt, mm-hmm. like the, you know, am I missing out on a lot when I'm away from home and away from work? Um, and, and that is tough. And it, days it really hits me. And I'm not going to lie. There are days when I have a cry about it. Other days I'm grand about it. But it depends on, 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 on a situation or one week might be more intense than another. Yeah. Um, but that's where we really value our quality time. But it's 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 hard. It's a hard one to answer. Um, you know, a friend of mine has gone a completely different route with her career since becoming a mother, mm. which is amazing. I think it happens a lot where when that happens, it's like you you really explore well, what do I really want mm. from life what do I, you know what am I good at and how often do we hear about women setting up new businesses when they're when they become pregnant or mothers um, and and they go a completely different direction in their career which is amazing and and because I suppose we rewire as women when we become mothers as well sometimes we can go with the flow and then I think when it comes to the the mother working juggle it's a wonderful time to go and sit down and go right how, how am I going to construct this best ecosystem that'll work mm. 
Um, and it's completely unique for absolutely every individual and absolutely every family. Um, and we're learning in these conversations that everyone has their different way of doing it. Yeah. But what's so important is finding some way to balance that. Um, yeah, we all need an outlet. You're so right. And I think sometimes as well, you know, it's about putting the hand up and saying, I, I, I need time. I need this. Yeah. And so and a lot, lot of us are not maybe great at speaking up in exactly. our own relationships and at speaking up for our needs, because as women, we're we're the givers. Mm. You're constantly giving to you know our babies, our partners, whatever. But w- like we if they're not pointing it out to us, which is amazing if they do. But if they don't and say you need a bit of you time, you need to be strong enough to say, I need this, whether it's just to go out for a walk, meet the girls for, you know, a chat or, you know, go to a yoga class or have an outlet. You'll need that for your own self-care. Um, but also if that brings about more creativity or a sense of balance, you know, great, because losing yourself in motherhood, it's it's I think something we all experience, you know. Absolutely. And yeah. that was that really rang true when we did that um, yeah. piece of, of, of research. That who am I? Who, who am, am I, I now? Yeah. It's just such an opportunity to to take a step back and to look at this new universe. And to ask yourself, what is it that you need to feel like you're doing your best? And there are days when we all feel like we're failing. Yeah, of course. But as long as you can feel like you have the opportunity to say those words, and it's a really hard thing to do, to be able to think, right, what do I need to say to my partner to have that best relationship? What do I need to say to my friend group you know, or in-laws or the childcare or the boss? Um, but the self-identity theme and challenge is something that is really powerful. Um, And I know it's something that I I assume it's why people are so drawn even to Bio, you know, to to take a day and to actually not just look at myself from an aesthetic point of view or a gym point of view, but it's a chance to actually look at yourself from an identity and a soul point of view. Yeah, big time, big time. And that's exactly what what the day is about. It's about kind of checking in with yourself and and seeing how you're doing on every level, because, as you said, we're not just our physical forms, we're everything else. And yeah. it is a lot of different elements there. Um, and we don't often as women really recognize how we're doing or are we content and do we need to stand up for ourselves a bit more and ask for help? And um, because what I have found, um, particularly from chatting with friends and even in my own situation, if I don't speak up for something that's bothering me or I want, it'll come out in an argument or mm. in tears or, do you know what I mean? So it'll it, it never go away. If you're ignoring your need, something, a desire that you need to address or a want that you have or, you know, it's not going anywhere. And you're doing yourself and everyone else around you a disservice by not actually honouring it because um, it'll only go toxic and fester and cause a bigger issue down the line. And nobody wants that. So, um, yeah, that I mean, Bio is it's, it's an honour to be involved in it. I love it. It's mm. an amazing day. I always get so much out of all the speakers that are involved. And the, the theme running through it is that none of us are perfect. All of us are flawed. We're all in this together. Let's stop pretending that life yeah. is brilliant all the time because it's not. Uh, but that's OK, too. And actually, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think of what my my real core message in it is. Um, it probably goes back to what I said at the beginning, which is that nothing is permanent and everything has the capacity to change because we'll often have a lot of women who are in the room either dealing with an illness, 
be it a cancer or mm. a mental issue or anything that's causing them disturbance but they might be going through big stuff like a breakdown of a relationship or um, you know struggling with their fertility or whatever so there's a lot of pain and suffering you can sense it mm. uh, oftentimes you mm. know and sometimes people are just there to have a nice day and have fun but oftentimes you can, you can I can just sense the pain mm. that some people are going mm. through and sometimes they just need to hear somebody who's come out the other side to say, you know what, I'm going to be all right. And um, and that can be motivating or it can be soothing for people to hear that. And and then it might, you know, lead to more questions in their own life for them to be more proactive on what do I need to do? Because it all just always comes back to us ourselves. Like we have to look after ourselves. And as mothers, particularly in those early days and those early weeks and months when we are, you know, and oftentimes when particularly when obviously when breastfeeding works successfully, we're nourishing our young, we're minding them on every level. But then, you know, we have to start to claw back and 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 find ourselves and not lose ourselves in it. I think it's probably inevitably sort of lose yourself in the beginning um, because you're you're physically in a different space than you were mentally and emotionally. You've gone through this massive change. And I think you need to get OK, maybe with the fact that in those early days, yeah, your role is as to, you know, to mind and nourish this little one and, mm-hmm. and basically keep them alive in those early stages and love them and mind them. And um, but also you need to to, to, to realise that, you know, every woman's journey into motherhood is so unique. And while one person might be on the outside breezing through, not a bother, somebody else might be going through postnatal depression or whatever issue or struggling with breastfeeding. And um, we need to watch out for each other as well. And um, just have more honest conversation. And be less self-critical and and the, the self com- the comparison. Yeah, you know, assuming that somebody like appreciate that everybody only shows their best versions of themselves. Yeah, luckily there seems to be a shift happening mm. though. I'm seeing more and more of maybe Instagram accounts where people are being really raw and real, and I I I'm in awe of them and I love it and I think it helps it helps us all when we see more of that. Um, and even somebody like Stacey Solomon being mm. really honest about it is just gorgeous, you know, as somebody of her profile. And, uh, you know, I think that really gives other people and other women um, a sense of, wow, OK, well, she with her life and mm. and all the money she has and all that perception, she's still going through all this kind of stuff. Isn't that great? And um, even the outpouring for Meghan Markle over the weekend. Yeah, of course. When she, you know, showed her vulnerability in, you know, simply by being asked, are you okay? Yeah, totally. And you could visibly see the pain in her eyes. Yeah, see, we don't often ask each other, are we we okay? Oftentimes, and I'm guilty of it myself, I'll go, "Um, how are you doing? Mm. Good, I hope, (laughs) or whatever. You might fill the space. But sometimes we don't, we don't want we don't to know. Ask it, we don't, ask cause, it, because we maybe don't have the time, mm. or you know, because life is so in inverse commas busy. I'm I'm really guilty of it myself, but we're sometimes afraid to say, "How are you doing? How are you feeling? Yeah. How are you really doing? What's going on for you?" Well, maybe we don't want the answer because maybe we don't have time for that in our lives. But actually, we need to start making time. I think we we've just fallen time. out of the um, the social habit of it. Like it's mm. now just you just say, "Hi, how are you?" I know it's yeah it's, it's a phrase it's you're not actually asking but similarly yeah. I'm grand yeah you don't tell so no. both parties are guilty <laughs> totally. and it happens with every interaction you have in the day you say hi how are you I'm yeah. grand yeah thanks and um, I think somebody might be quite surprised actually if they asked hi how are you and you turned around and said actually you know 
I'm having a really big problem. Yeah. I think I know what you're saying. It would be a surprising interaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's so part of just our normal everyday throwaway comment. Mm -hmm. It's not intended. And I wonder like sometimes I think that that's why physical interaction is so important. As much as I absolutely adore the amount of relationships and connections and reasons why I can connect with people online. Yeah. I think only by sitting down with somebody and actually agreeing to time together is a really important thing. You're you're contracting actually to be like, right, we are going to sit down and you almost know that's like permission to get into something. Yeah, oh yeah, big time. I mean, we, um, I, myself and a few friends, we, we all live in different places and, and one of our friends lives in London. Uh, but we always make, you know, make time to do catch-ups. Um, they're less now because we all have kids and it's just it's just harder to negotiate but we are doing our Christmas catch up early December it's been in the diary and booked for ages but we're all looking forward to it because we know it's like alright cards yeah. on the table kind yeah. of stuff and, it's like um, therapy it is like therapy mm. and we know like we've booked in for, to a restaurant early because we are going to be there all night mm. chat chat mm. chat 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 so um, and it's lovely to have those uh, it's important to have those connections and you know, whether that's just one person in your life, be that your partner or a friend, I think we all need somebody that we can be truly ourselves with, um, that we can just say it all, say say everything to without any judgment or anyone trying to fix you mm. and just let it be. Because sometimes we just need to talk. You, you just know? need to rant sometimes. Yeah. I don't want a solution. Yeah. I just want to not carry it anymore. Yeah. Just want to get it out, have it be out. And move on. And everything, like, have it be okay that it's out yeah. on the table. Yeah. Nothing needs to change, but that's just the fact. It's out. Yeah, that's where journaling is is a great one. I haven't really been doing it much mm. recently, but it's something I would have done a lot of in the past. And I found it massively beneficial, If particularly if something was bothering me. Just simply writing it down, the exercise of getting it out of my head and heart and body just was, I was like, blah, it feels Funny, better. I've only journaled if for, you know, once and I say that I mean I've obviously written lots of things but I've sure the discipline I suppose of journaling once um, I had I was doing reflexology leading into my due date mm. I did three weeks of reflexology and on the third week it, I suppose it was intended that some points would be touched to enable the hormonal flow and potentially trigger natural um, labour to occur and all that kind of stuff and as my reflexologist was leaving, she said, physically, you are absolutely ready. I said, what do you mean by that? She said, physically, I can I can tell that you are absolutely ready from, you know, baby is engaged and everything to do with with your physical self is ready for labor. Mm. Your head is stopping you. And that would have that's that's probably something that happens a lot. With, yeah. with women and with all of us, but definitely me. She said tonight and she would come at eight o'clock and she would do the reflexology and the idea being that you just fall asleep then afterwards and it would sure. have maximum impact it was fab. I never treat myself like that now. <laughs> She's here. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And uh, she said, get into bed after I leave and I want you to start writing anything that is in your head. Start Brilliant. writing it down. Yeah. And I went, what is she on about? And I got into bed and within seconds I was bawling my eyes out. There you go. And it just flowed and flowed and flowed and flowed and flowed and flowed and flowed. Things that, I suppose, fear, again, fear, of fear of what was about to happen. 
fear of who I was about to become, fear of what. But labour, the concept of labour giving birth is like, let's be honest here. Yeah. It's terrifying. It's insane. It's insane. <laughs> insane. It's insane. And when you say that now, I'm really resonating with it because like I, I've been into yoga and yes, like my relationship with yoga attendance in classes mm. has been a bit higgledy piggledy mm. in recent times. And I do need to get the balance right. And I, that's something I need to work on on a personal level. But when I was pregnant, no more than yourself going to the reflexology, I never missed my yeah. pregnancy yoga. Loved it. Loved it. Loved the community so of women to together. Yourself. It was gorgeous. You really are. Mm. You really are, which is great. Um, but um, for me, you know, it's one thing doing the stretches and that's great. And you and like you, you can be physically ready. Mm. But if your mind is not on board, good night. Good luck. Yeah. It ain't happening. And for me, I realised early on that I need to work on the, the mind stuff. So for my process was a little bit. Do you ever see that movie, The uh, Beautiful Mind yes. with Russell Crowe? Yes, yes. <laughs> if anyone came to my house, they might think that I was suffering with some mental illness akin <laughs> to Russell Crowe in A Beautiful Mind because the house was covered in coloured post-its like everywhere, right? Everywhere. Bedroom, kitchen, bathrooms, everywhere. And they all had affirmations written on them. I trust my body. I let go. I surrender you know, anything yeah. and everything to do with a positive birth experience and that resonated for me. I wrote them down on little coloured post-its and I put them everywhere. So when I woke in the morning, right in front of me, on the dresser in front of me, I just saw positivity. If I was sitting on the loo, instead of being on the bloody phone scrolling, I was looking at affirmations. Mm. In the car, I had them. I had them everywhere and I did it for months. I fundamentally believe that's why. That is why I did not ask for drugs in labour because was I in pain? Of course I was in pain. Of course I was in pain. Was it the hardest thing I've ever done? Of course it was. Mm. But I believed I could do it. And I believed I could do it because I trained my mind. So I don't think I'm great. I don't think there's anything special mm. about me. What, I, what I've realised, and I need to apply it more in my life now, when I really dedicated myself to it, the mind is so powerful. And we're only accessing such a tiny percentage yeah, of our brain power. Mm. So when we get in there and we're really just poor positivity, in there, it'll it'll believe what you're feeding it, you know. So there's so much fear around childbirth, and who knows if I have a child again, how I'll be in it. I don't know, but I do know that if I'm lucky enough, I will be doing the work again, the same way again. But there it, is it science and proof to this, mm. because if you are filled with fear, your body is releasing fear hormones, cortisol hormones. You're going to be in freeze or flight. Those hormones are going to block your oxytocin release. They're going to block the natural hormones that you need to be able to say it is safe yeah. to go into labour. Mm. You know, the more I do this and the more I work um, with so many wonderful maternal experts and learn from them, we're still programmed to be the woman in the cave. Yeah. How our systems work, we're still, th those hormones, how babies are created and how they leave your body, it's all still science. Yeah. And it, if you are in a state of fear, you're not going to release and allow labour to happen because you're waiting for a safety message. Yeah, you're course. waiting for that time where you can feel, no, no, now it is safe. Now I'm going to bring the most vulnerable little human into this world so yeah. I can care for it. Yeah. And also, absolutely, also be strong enough to stand up for what you need because I had a few situations where I could tell that, uh, you know, and I, by the way, I'll say this, like the, the midwife that I had, during my labour and the team that looked after me afterwards were angels and were incredible. I did have a few situations where um, 
it was like they don't quite believe you or they're like they know better. You know your body. Like when we arrived into the coom, uh, you know, I was I was pretty calm because I was in the middle of, of the break between contractions. But um, Damien said, you know, my partner, she's in labour. So yeah, grand. Yeah, another one. Hop up there and we'll have a look. And I was already six cent- centimetres and they didn't believe me. And I knew they didn't believe me. And Damien was like, they totally didn't believe you because I was in my zone yes. of... Right, but I was I was in it, but I yeah. was so in it, I was yeah. so internal internal within it. But they didn't believe, it. and they were like, "All right, chap, bring her down," <laughs> you know. And they were filling she, the birthday She looks pool. fine. Yeah, and I, I do think there, you know, you got to trust your own body, but also don't be afraid to say, "I know this is what I need. This is what I need," because um, you know, you're you. Even though we're we're talking about letting go, mm. but you're also the, you're also in charge of of a lot of elements surrounding your birth experience. And you are this baby's mother. So, yeah. you know, this it's, it's almost like I think motherhood asserts us to, to stand up for ourselves too. So motherhood for you, h- how has it fundamentally, I suppose, changed the Sheila that is today? Um, I mean, it's taught me an awful lot. It still is on a daily basis. But I think, um, I mean, I think kids teach you to appreciate life so much. And also, I suppose they press your buttons, so they they kind of bring qualities about yourself maybe to the fore that you maybe don't like so much. Um, I think it's definitely tested my patience, my understanding. Um, it's also though given me um, an appreciation of innocence and really loving life and enjoying it. And there's nothing better than just getting out for a walk and you know. You know, like the other day we were in a local park and he saw squirrels. We mm. ran after the squirrel mm. and the squirrel was running up the tree, you know. Lovely stuff, like are throwing stones into the river. And it is, you get to experience life through to a chi- child's eyes again. And that's that's such a privilege. Um, so I think it, it actually, it allows you to slow down and appreciate mm. things, you know, and be present. Um, I'm guilty of being on my phone. I try and be on my phone less. And I think I still do better. I can still do better. And I, I found that he's become really allergic to the phone now, yeah. which is great. So he already has an innate. I don't like this because when this is in the mix, you're not fully present with me. Yeah, they can really read it. Yeah. So that's 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 fascinating because I would have been very good of not having the phone involved in the beginning of the early stages. Whereas now it's like, oh, he's so cute. I want to get video or I want to yeah. get, you know, so. um so yeah, I think it's just it's it's it, yeah, I've I've really changed. I think it's given me a focus in my career like I've never felt before in that what's important to me now, saying yes to the right projects, saying no to the ones that I really feel are not serving me. Sometimes we have to say yes to things that we don't love to pay the bills and I get that, but um I feel like I'm getting a much better sense of right, this is where I'm at in my life and and I, he's allowed me that as well and help me on that way. Um, so, yeah, and I think it'll only continue. Well, I wish you every luck in that. Um, I'm so glad Thank that you. you came here to share your pearls of wisdom. Um, you truly are. I just I love how you speak about how you face into things now. And I think that there's so much um, there's a lot of inspiration flowing from you. You seem that you you just exude that you actually have surrendered and you're just going to allow an abundance of good things come next. Um, oh, that's beautiful. Thank you very much for those lovely words. Um, I, yeah, that's great. Thank, thank you, you for joining us. And thank you. It's been really gorgeous to, to chat to you. So I've enjoyed that very much. Thank you. Thanks, Emil. That was fab. Thanks for listening to Every Mum, the podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. 
please subscribe and we'd love you to leave a review. This series is kindly supported by Water Wipes. Water Wipes are an essential for every mum from that first nappy change and during those messy weaning months. As creators of the world's purest baby wipes, Water Wipes are purer than cotton wool and water and are proud sponsors of Every Mum, the podcast.